the recording. Cool. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current Fishing. Uh, excited about today's episode. Got some more conservation for you today. We're going to talk about an awesome tournament that we're a little late on the podcast sharing it with you, but you still have the opportunity to join. It's going to be, is it two weeks long? Yeah, two yeah, weeks Yeah, two long. weeks long. So there's, there's a ton of time to fish here. Um, and it's through CCA. I've got my buddy Matthew here from CCA. Um, we're we're going to talk about a lot. We're going to talk about, you know, kind of his fishing story, talk about how it's brought him to where he is today, um, you know, how he's been connected with CCA, kind of maybe break a few myths with CCA, some like some bad taste in some people's mouths. We want people to realize that, you know, they're here fighting for the resource that's all of ours. And um, so we're going to get into that a little bit and then we're going to talk fishing. So stay tuned for that. Uh, if you do love the podcast, check out the Patreon page linked in the show notes on all the podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. In the description and uh, check out Eastern Current Fishing on Facebook uh, to, to connect with other listeners. But um, yeah, that's enough of me. How about uh, kind of telling people your backstory of, of you know how you got into fishing? Yeah, man. Well, first off, thanks for, for having me. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for, for doing this podcast, too. Definitely. I think, I think it's helping to uh, bring the angling community together. Um, and it, and it's, it's been fun to watch the reach that, that you've had out there. So appreciate Sweet. it. Well, thank that. you so much. Um, and yeah, for... Uh, just you know, I, I grew up in the Chesapeake Bay, mm-hmm. um, born and raised. I actually probably got started fishing at I, I couldn't even tell you that the, the age. I just remember I was in my dad's. Uh, <clears throat> there's baby pictures of me and my dad's like backpack, uh, like camping <laughs> backpack thing, and he's fly fishing in, in a creek yeah. up, in, up in the Shenandoah. So you know, from a small age, it's always been a thing. Yeah, um, and you know, I gotta thank my dad for for getting me started in the outdoors because that's um, you know without without someone to, to teach you and, and get you out there it's one of those things that a lot of kids don't might not have the opportunity to do definitely so, um so yeah i you know i started from a young age um fishing fishing ponds and bass fishing crappy fishing you you know anything i could get my hands on I remember going out with cane poles and, and worms and just having a ball of friends so yeah um and it kind of it, it took off from there um you know we we had access to the Chesapeake Bay. Um, so I was always invited on friends boats to go out to the, to the bridge tunnel and flounder fish. Um, on, on the rare occasion growing up, I got, got an opportunity to go out and cobia fish. Um, you know, I didn't get into that more as I got older, I got more into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, starting off, man, it was a bottom rig, croaker fishing, spot fishing, bass fishing. Um, you know, I didn't even realize you could sight fish a fish till I was like maybe a high, senior in high school, and I was like, I, I saw my first redfish and I and I casted to it and caught it, and I was like, that that's just an absolute game changer. I'm oh like, yeah, that'll ruin you. It'll ruin you. It'll, it'll ruin you. Ruin your savings account. It'll <laughs> yeah, ruin a lot of things. I'm sure it's ruined done. some marriages before. Yeah, you're um, done from that point out. It it's crazy. It is a funny time when you start to realize like when it, you transition from not that there's anything against bottom fishing yeah. or bait fishing i love all of it but when you transition into like this this new you're like wait a second i can you know i could go catch a kobe on the bottom right on but some can, cut menhaden or i could maybe see one on the surface and throw it to him watch him eat it yeah uh, it's definitely very very fun and the chesapeake man i'm so jealous of that fisher y'all have such cool um opportunities your bull red fishing up there is like kind of like the most it, underrated red fishing in the world probably it, it is it is and it's it's all visual yeah i mean that's the, that's the fun part about the bay is is it's kind of like like i don't know how to explain so growing like i miss i miss the bay there's yeah. days where I, yeah. I would i would move back to the day and you know any day but um 
you know, North Carolina, I think Virginia and North Carolina are both unique, and they both, they both have so many different fisheries that happen at, throughout the season where you can – it's just so fun to jump from one fishery to the next. And, yeah. not, and not like, there's guys that, you know, bass fishermen, that's, that's their thing. They bass fish. Nothing against that at all. But I'm kind of I, – I enjoy – following the seasons yeah like definitely. when the when the when the uh you know when the dogwood's blooming you go hit the river for shad yeah. or, or the striper runs about to start you know it's it's that kind of thing and then definitely. like you know the summer fishery for the for cobia and the big red drum and it's uh so it's fun between the two states there's the opportunities are endless yeah so definitely any given day you and can do something else you know the chesapeake bay feels far away but fishing that the mouth of the chesapeake from north carolina i mean it's real i can i think it's four and a half hours from wilmington to get yeah. up there it's really not bad not bad i've driven up there an evening fished the next day and driven back the next evening so it, you can you could definitely drive i mean i don't know day trips probably a little it co- bit cost you some money but, cost uh, some money <laughs> but if you better you better put some kobe in the in the box if Ex- you're doing that exactly but, um but yeah man that's it's such a cool fishery and i haven't really had the opportunity i I think we've caught two redfish up there yeah. when I've been up there before. Had a small group of them come up on the surface, and um, we're able to catch some, but mostly just Kobe fishing for me up there. Yeah. But the spade fish, like guys oh, catch massive spade fish, it's, and the tall tog in the winter. I mean, it's it's insane. And then the striper run. I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, the striper run's not right now. It's not quite what it used to be. Yeah. Um, it, and it, that's a whole nother topic you get on, but but it's still it's still a good fishery. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, Virginia's kind of taking the lead on on conservation measures for the bay's fishery. Uh, I mean, like Maryland and and New York and a few of the other states are. Or I think New York is 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 kind of coming along too. But um, Virginia's really taking the first steps to. You know, we got they got rid of the the spring um, fishery where you're you're targeting those big you know breeding right. forty five inch striped bass, um, which definitely hurt that area for, for charter boats and, and things like that. But those fish are the fish that are, that are, you know, right. producing the stock and keeping the stock healthy. So, yeah, definitely. I, I'm a big believer of, of keeping those fish in the water. I mean, it, there's not gonna be a fishery if we take too many of the breeders out of the water. That's it. That's and, it. And you know, go catch the big redfish because yeah. there's plenty, yeah. plenty of those around. I and guess it's not the same. It's a different season, different time of year, but yeah. But I mean that, that, that says something there too. Like the, redfish we used to not have um you know you still keep a big redfish yeah and now everyone knows they're full of worms you don't you know they're not necessarily as good as that little 18 inch redfish that yeah. you put on the grill but but now look at now look at the schools you can see you can go out in the bay and the whole a football field will be boiling with redfish yeah. i mean you know and that used to be the striper run you talk like the guys on the susquehanna flats way oh, up yeah. north that's all they used to talk about and think that fishery's not quite what it used to be yeah that's it's sad to hear that story of i i forget who it was i had on the podcast and we were talking about uh oh it's tyler non yeah yeah tyler non from up there on, on the chesapeake and he was talking about what this husqvarna used to be and yeah he's like Apparently i don't even fish it anymore really. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a bummer man it really is and we just don't want to see that you know it, uh, sadly you know across the whole world our fisheries are on a decline and um, we have the ability in a lot of circumstances to maybe turn that around. Uh, but there's, I feel like there's definitely a breaking point in a lot of fisheries. If we let it go too far, it's going to be a lot harder to get back to what it should be. Exactly. Um, so, well, tell me how, you know, that love for fishing and growing up in Chesapeake, Chesapeake Bay has kind of transferred into your job now. You know, you used to guide a little bit, right? You got yeah, in Alaska. In Alaska, yeah. Um, and so kind of take me through that, that process there. Um, 
Yeah, so I mean, like I said, growing up, the outdoors was was really part of my life. I I was I've never been like it's funny. If my brother is like complete opposite, yeah. huge sports guy. Nothing nothing against sports, but yeah. uh, for me, like my idols were always those those old timers that were out on the water yeah. fishing, and, and and those were the guys I wanted to like learn from. Um, and you know, I never I've never really. If you ask me who the quarterback on a on the sports team, I'm, I'm probably not gonna be able to tell. Yeah, you, I can't honest. say. I, just, I got I, literally got picked on in high school by yeah, people yeah. in middle school because I knew nothing about yeah, sports. Yeah, I just it's never been. That's never been an interest for, you, right. for me. So it's always been the outdoors, and, and that's what I've always wanted to kind of focus my life around that. So yeah, I mean af, after high school, um, I, I was kind of lucky in high school. I got to fish a good bit, but I uh, actually sailed competitively. Like up. Oh yeah, up, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, up and down the East Coast. So I got into that, and that took up a lot of weekends, but. Then I went to college for, um, I studied natural resource conservation yeah. at Virginia Tech and, and minored in forestry. Um, so, you know, I, my passion with the outdoors kind of chose me, or t- took me to that route to study that in college. Um, and, and I enjoyed it. I, I spent way too much time on the trout stream right. up there than right. I did in the classroom. But, but uh, yeah, the fishery up there is awesome too. And anyway, so... That's kind of the route I took. Um, and after college, a dream of mine was was to be you know to to guide a little bit. Um, and I got the opportunity to go to Alaska um, after I worked for a forestry company um, for about three years in North okay. Carolina. Buying, I was buying and selling timber, um, and it was a great job. Loved it. I just wasn't. It wasn't like I just wasn't. I yeah. didn't feel feel super passionate about right. it. Um, so yeah, so then I went to Alaska, got it out there, had the time of my life. Um, awesome. I've been missing that place lately. Awesome place, man. Every <laughs> maybe once a year, I'll have like the, these Alaska withdrawals. Same with Montana, where mm. I'm like, I think I, what I really miss is just the open space out there, oh, yeah, like where you can look around. I was having this conversation with a client the other day, and literally, I, w- I think I was addicted to being out really far away from other things. Yeah, <laughs> there's it, nobody out there. There's nobody out there. And I'm like, the only place you can do that here is like running offshore, but it's not the same no. at all. And it's beautiful. It's so it, beautiful. And the, the fisheries are amazing. They are I amazing. Mean, 100 amazing. fish days in Alaska, like, every day. <laughs> <laughs> I know Grayling's trash fish. Grayling's like catching a yeah. pinfish. I was they're so cool. I, I love Grayling. <laughs> they're, they're incredible. I love them. Yeah. So, I'd be the guy over there just trying to catch grayling all day. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's funny. I remember. So you know, you probably know Will Huffine. Yeah, yeah, I know Will well. Yeah, so I like I showed up to the lodge for the first day and like. Oh, yeah, because you were. I always forget you were a tick chick. Yeah, tick yeah. chick. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm I'm like I'm I've never seen that. I'm fired up. So yeah. all I want to do is go catch a fish. And Will's like he's my in the cabin right next to me. He's like, yeah, let's go. And there's this place called the Narrows. Yeah. And it's right in front of the lodge, and you can go. It's the craziest thing. It's like. It's the the lake is I mean I don't know how deep it is but it's really deep and then there's this shelf so all of the the smolt like the the salmon smolt will get pushed up over that ledge and the big char and and rainbow trout and you name it just sit right there and we like first 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 hour I was at the lodge Will took us out there and it was like the most I mean we just every cast I was That's like this awesome. I, it blew my mind I was like this is going to be a fun summer <laughs> and it was probably like 11 o'clock at night oh, yeah. too, and oh, still yeah. bright outside yeah you stay out there like I remember one night we stayed out till like 4 in the morning I just didn't even check the didn't even look at my you watch just railing. you don't know yeah, that's awesome that's so cool it's fun so after Alaska is that when it brought you to CCA yeah. yep so cool. that's so before before I left to go to Alaska I was um, I was involved with like a local chapter okay um, cool. you know, I didn't do in Virginia uh, actually, in North Carolina. In North Carolina. Oh, yeah, you were in, in the timber. Yeah, in timber Newburgh. Um, but, you know, I wasn't, um, 
I wasn't like, I just was helping out with the banquets. You know, yeah. As simple as that. But, um, you know, I met some connections through that. And when I got home from Alaska, um, they had a job position opening up for the Eastern Regional Director. Um, you know, conservation is something that I'm passionate about. And um, I, 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 you know, I applied for the job and here we are. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, it's, it's, it's good to have young, fresh faces in these these, not just CCA, but in these places, in these positions that, you know, I mean, that's who we need to influence. It's that we're, we're, our age group is what's going to be making the decisions exactly. um, in the time to come. And I think we finally got an age group that's like passionate, passionate about seeing something change because we've seen enough decline in our eight, in our time. And we've heard way too many stories. Yeah, it's getting stories. frustrating about what it used to be like. I'm like, don't tell me what it used the to be like anymore. Man. They, they lived it. They yeah, lived it. They lived it. I mean, I, I, I remember growing up at Topsail or not fully growing up there, but uh, my mom had a book of all these old images yeah. from Topsail Island yeah. and a bunch of old fishing pictures. And it would be like 30 Kobe all on the pier, you know, and like all these big dead bull redfish pulled oh, up yeah. on the beach. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. the fishing used to be incredible. And and I, I've talked to this old timer too that was like, oh yeah, we used to all fall, we used to catch bull redfish like inside in the yeah. marsh and stuff. And so it's like, you know, stuff's changed. There's always going to be change, right. but... But we need to see those numbers staying the same or climbing. It's like we're taking too much out of the water now right. um, and not putting enough into the water or not, not keeping enough in the water. And so right. kind of reversing that a little bit is what we need. But let's before we get too much into the conservation side of things, let's dive into um, this tournament. Yeah. Kind of tell me about you know the birth of this tournament and the purpose and uh, how people can, can be involved. Yeah, man. Um, so... CCA National does a does a massive star tournament, and they uh, it's it's cool. They they you know put a tag redfish in the water, and they have a truck up for grabs, and, and all these boats and thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, we're not fortunate enough in, in North Carolina to to uh, get to that point yet, but that's why we wanted to bring a statewide tournament um, to our state. Yeah, and um, start small and, and build from there. And, and it's 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 been great to see the progress. Um, over this year so last year we we started it in Wilmington um, we kind of wanted to keep Wilmington the home base because I mean you know as much as I know there, there there's a lot of recreational fishermen down yeah. here um, and just a lot of anglers um, so we, we kind of chose that as the hub and um, last year it went well we, we probably only had 25 folks signed up and maybe 12 guys that that thoroughly fished the, the yeah. event but this year, you know, we've we've stepped up the game with some marketing and and to and you know spreading the word and, and really getting the word out there and it's been awesome. We've got, I think, right at sixty adults signed up, um, and we've we had a uh, a donor donate thirty youth me- thirty youth memberships um, to CCA. So if if a kid signs up for the tournament, they get a actual full membership. To, nice, to that's CCA. awesome. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. So we've got twelve youth fishing so far. Um, so yeah, it's been it's it's been good to see where where it's gone. Um, but yeah, a little bit about the tournament. So it, it's it's called the Inshore Open, um, and right now it is just um, th- your. Th- so the scoring is based on three red drum and three flounder. So your okay. three largest red drum and your three largest flounder. But tonight at the Caps party, we're gonna take a vote, and I'm gonna say how many guys want to add trout. I, I want I want trout in there. Yeah. Um, and if if the hands go up, we're gonna put trout like back in there. So, so we'll see how that works out. But yeah, so um, 
it's all through the Angler app, which is which is just a unique way of, of running a tournament. It, it basically eliminates a weighing station, eliminates okay. <clears throat> um, you know all of that hassle. So you you it's so it's so simple. All you have to do, everyone has a cell phone. Yeah. Go out, go fish. As soon as you catch a fish, uh, we we give you a wristband. Um, make sure your wristband's on. Uh, in, in the picture. It can be on your wrist in the picture or just lay it next to the fish. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, catch your fish. Put it on a on a uh, standard ruler or, or any sort of device that can measure a fish um, and take a picture. And then you upload that picture into the Angler app and it automatically puts you into a scoring system. So you can literally see, like, if you catch a 22-inch flounder um, and enter it in, you might go from... Uh, you know, whatever fifth place and you might jump up to third place and it's like live so you'll see it yeah that's um, fun so it's cool yeah you'll be you're competing out there and it's just all in lot lot like live feet so you you know yeah it's cool it'll be cool to watch that will be super fun to watch and it get, keeps you fired up on the water yeah like, you know you have first place and somebody bumps you out with a nice flounder or redfish yeah it makes makes you uh you know makes you want to go out and, and fish a little bit harder than that maybe next year we can we can have some some camera crews on the boats that's that's my plan yeah i want <laughs> to get final back for sure That'd be for fun. sure yeah there's always room room for improvement <laughs> yeah definitely uh, well, that that's super cool. Is there a Spanish mackerel yeah. division? Too? Yeah, sorry. So there, yeah, yeah. Cameron was saying something about that. I yeah. Just to so there is that. there is Spanish. So um, we've got like TWTs, and, and we're not going to make you pay extra to get into them. So it's it's uh, biggest trout, biggest speckled trout, okay, uh, biggest red drum, biggest flounder, and biggest Spanish mackerel. So Sweet. all you know, at any given time, say you you save uh, you didn't sign up for the tournament in time, so you you're jumping in like. A week into it, no big deal. I mean, yeah. you, it, it's one cast, and you won the biggest, biggest trout. Yeah, for, for sure, biggest drum. So, there's plenty of, of opportunity for folks to win some cool prizes. And we're also going to do things like, like uh, you know, I have the ability through the Angler app to say, hey, the next person that catches a sheep's head is going to win an angle uh, cooler. Oh, sweet. Um, so cool. you know, we're going to throw like little, little prizes in throughout the whole event just to keep everybody excited interested in in to give you know some prizes to guys yeah, yeah. that, that uh, you know might not have yeah, won the, right. the full thing yeah because right. i'm sweeping the, the tournament i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm excited right. to fish it um so is it artificial is it artificial bait can you do what fish whatever man yeah we as of right now um we're just it's it is it's, it's yeah. whatever right now yeah i think um, i think that's awesome i think so yeah we we didn't we wanted to keep it kind of broad just to just to get fo- you know, with COVID, a lot of people are sitting in their homes and try to give them something to do, get Definitely. out of the water and enjoy, you know, enjoy the resource. So. Definitely. That's uh, that's awesome. Are there some prizes that you can share that, yeah. that people might yeah, be able yeah. to win? Yeah, you can even hold that up in front of the, I don't know if that, if y'all can see that, but Let's there's, see. Oh, it's going to be blurry if I hold it up front. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, we've got. Oh, we got a Traeger grill. I didn't need a Traeger grill. Mine's <laughs> rusting out pretty bad. Sorry, yeah. Traeger. Yeah. Um, Minn Kota Riptide. We got a power pole. I need that as well. So hopefully I'll win the Traeger and the, the power pole. The Garmin Echo Map. We got um, some Daiwa reels. We've got some TFO fly and spinning rods. Angle 50 gift cards. TFO fly, another fly rod. Or DJI Mavic Air. Yeah. Nice. Garmin GPS 742. Yeah, there's some awesome, awesome Pad- prizes in paddle here. Paddleboard. Then another thing we wanted to do was. Oh, so, yeah, paddleboard. I didn't see that. Yeah, no, another thing we wanted to do was kind of give back to the local community, too. And um, we left. We left. So basically, it, there's three tiers of prizes. If you win first place, you get a pick out of the prizes on first place. And one of the prizes is a $1,000 gift card 
to um, a local tackle shop of your choice. Sweet. So, so yeah, so I kind of if, if you win that and you choose that option, then you get to go and, and spend a thousand dollars at a local tackle shop. That's kinda, awesome. And kind of that's give, really cool. Give back too. So yeah, that's one thing. I, I, I'm I see all these like big online tackle stores popping up, and it just it makes me nerve. I'm not nervous, but it's like definitely try to support your local For tackle sure. shop when you can because. Um, they're the ones that are answering questions day to day and on top of the fishery and, and want you to be out there catching fish. Exactly. Um, so that's huge. Yeah, that, that, I don't know what I'd pick. I think I'd, honest, <laughs> I'd go with I'd go with the, the black power pole. I would too. I would My do. boat's in need of one. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I like I I don't have the money to muster up to uh, to get one, but man, they make it's a dream. That and a Minn Kota trolling motor is just it's a, it's changed the game. It does change <laughs> the game, man. I uh, I badly need one. On my on my skiff, I don't have one. And, can't tell how many times I just kind of like shove it up in the oysters when we're landing a fish, and I'm like, all right, I'll you know I'll get a power pole next yeah, year. And all you have to do is hit a button. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I borrowed a buddy's skiff a couple weeks ago when I was having to get my motor serviced, and he had a power pole, and I was like, you don't realize how much you uh, want one until you have one, or how much you need one, or would use dream, one. Man. Yeah, it's and he, especially like the the cool thing about a power pole is like when you're working into an area fishing. Um, and especially in the spring and winter, like when there's schools of fish, and you like you time. finally get to that spot where you can hit the fish, you can stop mm-hmm. yourself right there, and yeah. it's just it's it's clutch. And, and with the push, noise, yeah, too. not make a lot of noise, yeah. and, and just be real stealthy. Um, no doubt. Combined with the the trolling motor is pretty huge. But well, let's. Uh, is there anything else about the tournament? Man, that, that's really it. That covers it. There's a. I mean, this is this uh, this is live right now. The day so the tournament actually starts tonight, so it's probably not going to get out in time. But yeah, we're having a captain's party at. Yeah. Avalanche Motorsports um, tonight at 6 p.m. And that's so, on Market Street here in Wilmington, right? Yeah, that's it's. Uh, you're more familiar with Wilmington than I am, but yeah, where where the street with all the boat dealerships? Yeah, okay, yep, yep, Market Street. Yep, cool. Uh, is Avalanche a boat? Yeah, place. Okay, yeah, so they're new. They're actually based out of Washington, but uh, they're shout out to them. They're they're you know a big financial sponsor for the. For the tournament, sweet, for us. So awesome. So yeah, so um, definitely go by and see those guys. Definitely, yeah, we'll be there tonight. I'm gonna try to get this podcast up. As soon as we're done recording it, so that people, a few people, might be able to hear it. Cool. Um, but, but yeah. So, well, cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, CCA in general, and kind of, you know, maybe some people have a bad taste in their mouth. I think a lot of our listeners are on board with CCA and what CCA is trying to do. But every time CCA is mentioned, you know, somebody it seems like on Facebook or not on here, but just in general, it's like somebody wants to say they hate CCA and all this. But um, kind of break that barrier for us if you will for sure make it change everyone's mind and make them love CCA yeah yeah my time I guess I got a shine here um yeah. I'm just kidding. no but um yeah I mean there, there's a bad for, for some reason especially in North Carolina there's a bad light on CCA on CCA I mean nationally um CCA is doing some some unbelievable things they're putting yeah. a, a lot of habitat back in into not only uh estuarine systems but offshore too mm-hmm. um so so they do a lot of, of great things and and do a lot for for the youth and, and get kids out on water fishing. So I mean that you can't nobody can be mad at that. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, but as for North Carolina, um, you know we, we've had a tough go. It's been it's a it's we've kind of for thirty some years. Um, I'm, you know I'm fairly new, but for thirty some years there's been a a, a battle you could say um, out there for the resource and and. Um, I think somehow down that down that road, CCA has gotten a bad light, and I, I don't know if it's I, I want to necessarily say um, it's it's anything that we've done, but it's it's somehow we've been portrayed in a way that we're 
trying to end, <clears throat> you know, one, one thing we always hear is, is we're trying to end commercial fishing, yeah. <clears throat> which is, is not the case. Uh, I would, I would almost argue that, that, um, you know, we're, we're trying to s- not save commercial fishing, but, but keep commercial fishing viable for, for, uh, you know, generations to come certain aspects of commercial fishing. Yeah. So, uh, and, and same for, it's just, they want to look, CCA wants to look out for the resource as a whole and um that you know they want sustainable fisheries um for the future and and Mm -hmm. and for today i mean there's like you got to manage fisheries with no one does it but you got to manage it with like a rainy day fund it's just like your bank account like say say uh you know when you when you when you're looking at your bank account you want to at the end of the month you want a little bit of money left over right um we should be looking at our fisheries the same way we we want more fish in the water and to do that we might have to manage with a, a port you know with some excess that's that we know will get us to the next year and keep that fish stock yeah climbing hopefully yeah. climbing yeah, too. climbing. yeah exactly um yeah that's huge it's it's uh is it that, that was not a fart by the way that was, <laughs> i like on the chair i just i just made a uh just wanted to clarify that um yeah it's it, it's it's sad man like so many people want to point their finger and say this about CCA or say this about commercial fishermen, but really it's like we all just need to be here for the resource. I mean, if the resource isn't here, commercial fishermen aren't going to survive. Recreational fish, fishermen aren't going to have nothing to fish for. And, Fishing and, guides aren't going to be able to work. The whole coastal community is gone. Yeah. If we don't yeah. have the fish, eastern North Carolina is yeah. not going to be there. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's We just have so much potential <laughs> And to see it dwindling like this just breaks my heart. I mean, it, it I really want to. I really want to see a, a bounce back for us. So, um, what what are some ways that that people that are like, hey, I care about the fishery, I care about conservation. What can they do, like through CCA and, and maybe even other ways that you know that people can get involved? And where can they just it, kind of expound on that? Yeah, expand on that for sure. Um, you know, I would say that's the tough part is is people don't know. How, how to get involved they right. don't know where to get involved and and there's you know there's only but so much that that we can do but but there's also a lot we can do i mean just like this the more the more people start talking about the issues you know it's going to come to a point where it they're going to be brought up <clears throat> in the legislature and, and there's going to have to be a, a, a turning point where north north carolina is going to have to start um managing for the resource instead of, yeah. you know, overall harvest. Um, so, the, yeah, the more people that talk about these issues, the better off we're going to be. So I, I would say, you know, don't don't be afraid to, you know, talk about some of the things that that we all know is wrong with with our fisheries here in North Carolina. I mean, you know, other states, they got, they the other, you know, Florida, Louisiana, Texas, they've all gotten to a point where, um, you know, their fisheries are, are pretty steady i mean they've got other issues you look at florida they've got just water quality issues that are right or issues that we don't necessarily have i mean I, I would say you know north carolina's water quality that you'll get some folks that say it's in terrible shape but i, I would argue that it's 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 got its flaws and, and it's definitely an issue but you look at florida and some of these other states we're nowhere as worse off as they are yeah yeah um, that's that's very true yeah so i mean it's definitely an issue and and uh but you know, it's. Um, I mean, North Carolina's got the potential to be to be a fishery like Florida, if not better. I mean, our trout fishing should be ranked up there as it, it's gonna be. If you if if 
it could eventually be the number one destination to come catch trout. Yeah, numbers, definitely. numbers, and and size. I yeah. mean, it it should be. Yeah. I mean, it, it really should be the best trout fishery yeah. in the world. I can't I can't even tell you the number, but I think we have like over two million acres of in inland estuary water, which nowhere else on the East Coast has that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, nobody. So that's like a that's that's a, a spawning ground for Definitely. game fish and Definitely. and for juvenile fish to grow up and survive. So I mean, it's it's North Carolina has the habitat and has the resource. We just need to manage it. Yeah, way. definitely. It's uh, it's an incredible state with a lot of water that that has not the correct amount of fish right now. But exactly. yeah, man, you talk to guys down in Texas and they're they're blown away when I mean, you look at, at the Pamlico Sound and the estuaries among the Pamlico Sound, and that's a breeding ground for massive trout and for numbers of trout and. Um, they just they have a hard time surviving there with, with everything that goes on. And the one thing we we deal with that Texas doesn't deal with as well is the cold snaps and the kills. I mean, they do have those in Texas, right. but we definitely are a little more uh, sustain or we have a better chance of colder temperatures. Definitely. Um, but yeah, th- definitely. that that's uh, that's impressive. So fishing up in your area, it, how is the the puppy drum fishing like the red fishing in Newburn and Pam- Lower Pamlico Sound? It's it's interesting. It's funny. So. I, Back in, uh, I mean, you, I think you probably remember, two, I think it was 2018, we had that huge cold sun. Yeah. Statewide. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and that, that hammered the, the puppy drum yeah. population in, in the Noose River, at least. I don't know. I can't speak for you guys, but I'm sure it did down here, yeah. too. But um, in the trout population, obviously. But, yeah, so it's it's funny. This year, they're, they're coming back. We're catching a lot of 18 to, you know, 26, 30-inch puppy drum, which... Like two, you know, last year and the year before, you could you could maybe find a little 15, 14 inch puppy drum in the river. So it's it's cool to see that come back. Yeah. Um. And and the trout fishery this winter was just just an epic. I mean, just epic. Yeah. Um. And it brought and 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 that's what you, you know, in North at least for the tar the tar and the Pamlico and the noose, um, there was a, a net ban above <clears throat> above the ferry line. So. That right there in itself took a lot of pressure off the resource. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that that's why we had such an epic trout fishery this year. I, I would say that that the hurricane season, the past four years, uh, Florence one took took a huge amount of pressure off of the fishery, um, both recreational and commercially. I mean, you you, you got to look. Some of the commercial guys couldn't go out and and fish, couldn't fish their nets, or or they had to work on their houses or build their community back up so they weren't on the water right so but but that little bit of pressure taken off the resource ha- has led to what we what we just saw this winter to be the best trout season you, most guys could arguably say was the best in years i mean yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. it was i mean it was like go throw a paddle tail soft plastic <laughs> yeah. anywhere and just get annihilated yeah or a mirror lure or... and so many i mean the boat ramps were full man so you got to think about all that all that income coming into those coastal communities, I mean, it was huge. Yeah, there was just Rich's Inlet alone. There was yeah. probably a thousand, probably five thousand dollars worth of gas burned every weekend yeah. just to get to Rich's Inlet here <laughs> yeah. in Wilmington, North yeah. Carolina. There were so many boats. Ice, you, you know, tackle. You yeah, know it's uh, it's crazy, and it's. I really hope we see that again this year. I think I it'll too. be a telltale sign of like, did we take too many fish out of the water? Right. Because we should have a better year than we had this past year. For sure. Uh, or at least as good of a year as we had. I mean, maybe it can never get better than that, but I, I would like to think that I, it could. I think it could. I think um, it should. It should. And w- one of the arguments I've seen, it was even published in a paper 
Um, and, and at a public hearing that I was at, this guy was driving this home and it was a commercial fisherman, um, very nice guy, but he was, re- he was kind of making this argument that, you know, like all these recreational anglers are saying like, oh, because we banned nets for above the ferry line, that's yeah. why we've had such a good trout year. Um, and my <laughs> argument against that is there was a good trout year every, everywhere. Yeah. It had nothing to do with that net with ban the, right, right, right then. But right. what happened was New River, um, specifically, which is an area that I fish a lot, it got completely netted out. There yeah. was no fish left to catch when y'all were still crushing them oh, in, in the noose, you know, up above that ferry line. Right. Um, y'all were still catching, you know, limit, limits of fish every day. And to go catch four or five trout in the New River was, was tough. Was tough because there were net boats everywhere. There were, I mean, along with a lot of recreational anglers taking out. I mean, right. at that point, it's everyone's putting too much pressure on the resource. Right. So... Yeah. Um, exactly. That that's kind of I've been wanting to share that on here because that's my answer. I hope people ask me about that. And, um, you know it, that that net ban has definitely helped c- keep more fish in the water. It, exactly. Keep so. it, it's kept more fish in the water and took in a lot of the pressure off those fish. So I mean, you look at like Alaska. I, I don't know the I don't know the exact number, but but they've got a system to allow those salmon to get up. <clears throat> they to they they have. I don't know the gates or whatever they use to count the salmon coming up the river. Yeah. They shut the commercial fishery down as soon as they know they've harvested to their quota. Because they have to allow, you know, maybe over 50% of those fish to get up river to spawn. So that way they have a viable fishery year after year. Yeah. So it's, it's the same for, it should, it could be the same for trout. I mean, we got to, we got to let some of those fish come in the river and then we got to let them. Live in, the river. live in the river in the winter and not get wrapped up. Right. Um, and, and, you know, re- recreational fishermen put a lot of pressure on the resource too, but not as, not as much. Not as much. Not as much. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, you know, so we got to let those fish get back out and we got to let them go spawn. Um, yeah. And then, and then they'll come back. I think what's fair is to it's give everyone an MR-17. Yeah. And then you get, if you're <laughs> you a commercial fisherman, recreational trout. fisherman, yeah. <laughs> If yeah. you, I mean, the way it's been, you should be able to catch seventy-five trout on MR seventeen yeah. if you're good, or seventeen MR, whatever you want to call exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean, it's it's no one's in the business. We, you know, no one wants to put anybody out of business. No, but, definitely not. But but, but it's like uh, you know, when when it's a resource, a natural resource belongs that everybody. belongs to everybody, it's got to be managed for everybody. And and honestly, screw recreational fishermen, screw commercial fishermen, screw everybody. It's, we should focus. Uh, that's resource. very harsh to say, but the resource should be what Number we're focused one. on taking care of. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, and, and if you if you do that, the resource, if it gets to the point where it needs to be, it'll give back to everybody. It, exactly. It, it'll provide. It'll, that's what it's designed to be. Everybody. Right. So it's just it just comes down to simple, sustainable management, and unfortunately. It's gotten too political over the years, and you know, once, once it gets does. in politics, it's it it's kicked the can down the road, yeah. and then that's where we're at in North Carolina right now. But there's there's a lot of hope, and and uh, if everybody you know holds on tight, I think there there's there'll be some changes. Definitely. Uh, one thing that that's kind of a buddy from Alamorada, Florida, called me one time. It's a buddy that I lived with when I lived in Louisiana. When I, we were just, I think me and my buddy Alan Kane were talking about the netting that goes on here and the frustrations with it. And he was talking about how as fish travel to different States, Oh yeah. You know, they're, they should be federally protected. Right. And these speckled <clears throat> trout, like so many of our speckled trout that are tagged here are caught up in, in, Ch- in Chesapeake, Chesapeake Bay and South Carolina. And yeah. South Carolina. So they're moving through state water. Same with redfish, same with cobia, cobia all yeah. these fish. 
So it's like, you know, it's they're not just our fish. They're not yeah. North Carolina's trout. Most trout that are caught here, we don't have very many resident trout in North Carolina. Right. That's what, that's what makes our summer trout fishing so much tougher because we right. don't really have any, any summering fish here. So Yeah, it's funny. I, I would say, at least for the News River right now, all the rain and, and it's so hot in the middle of summer, there's a lot, a lot of fish do move out in the sound to spawn, but I, I think a lot of our fish move up to uh, the Outer Banks. Yeah. I, think, I think they're up in Wanchies because, man, I was I was up in backside of Wanchies, not, not to burn anybody's spot, but I mean, we were tearing trout up yeah. up there a few weeks ago. Um, and the Noose River is just, it's not, the trout the trout bite in the Noose River right now is just not that strong because fish, like you, I mean, yeah. fish don't have a fence that they live in. They, no. they, they move. Definitely. Um, so, and I mean, the water stays a little cooler up there, up too, there for it? sure, because mm-hmm. it's closer to that, and you get the fresh, you know, you get the salt, the inlet, so you're getting a lot of that, that moving water. Yeah, that less stagnant out, water. The Noose River is wind-driven. Tide. I mean, there's not a single ripple of a tide in the Noose River. Right. It's it's all wind-driven, and it's the it is the weird. I've grown up on Chesapeake Bay. I, I I'm not gonna lie to you. When I first moved there. I had the hardest time figuring out that fishery, yeah. but then you know, just persistence is that's all it takes. Time on the water and my, like fishing, time on the water is all it is. Yeah. Just get out there. But it really is all it is. But uh, but um, yeah, for the bay, it's just it's it's completely different. The bay is clean, clear water with big <laughs> grass flats, and the Noose River is just dark, stained water. You look at it, you're like, damn, where are these fish supposed to be? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <I> don't know. <laughs> there's no move. There's no current. Yeah. I don't know where I'm supposed to cast. Yeah. Everything looks the same. Everything looks the exact same. <laughs> How has y'all's striper fishery been up there this summer? It's been man, it's coming back, and it's that and back. that's due a hundred percent to the nets. Yeah, being being, a, being out above the fair line because those fish, everybody knows they spawn up river. Yeah, um, you got to let them get up there, and you got to let them come back. They got to make it to that rocky substrate. They right? got to make it, and they almost go. They go all the way up to Raleigh. Captain uh, Will, you know, yeah, Will yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, I think he's got that dialed in pretty good. He's doing a lot on the tar now, but. But yeah, those fish go all the way up to Raleigh, and then they come all the way back down to Newburn. And Newburn is can be epic. I was out with um, me and MJ Miller went out. Yeah, yeah. I was coming back from Raleigh, and he called. It was like seven o'clock. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, in the morning or in the, yeah, evening? In the evening? In the evening. In the evening. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, pulling in my driveway from Raleigh. He's like, he's like, man, I'm I'm like got the itch. I want to feel like a thump. And I was like, I was like, well, let's go fish. So <laughs> we we put the boat in right near my house and went into Newburn, and there's just so much old structure all, all these yeah. old uh you know industry that was along the river right there all the and, dock pile and, old yeah, dock pile and, and anyways we didn't bring anything but top water and um one epic i think it's a little hot so the, that bite was a little slow but i had a good blow up and then he caught a nice, 20, nice. like a 26 27 inch rockfish heck so, yeah so yeah that fishery's coming back for yeah, sure and definitely that fishery has the potential to be a really good fishery for the noose river and for the tar and the pamlico river yeah, I think one of the, I mean, the crazy thing about the news, I fished it with Brian Saunders the most recently that I've fished yeah, it. he's the man. <laughs> oh, he's so cool. He's so so stoked. I mean, yeah. you oh, might yeah. not be excited about your fish, but he's excited about your fish. Oh, no doubt. Um, but, I mean, we whacked the stripers, and then we whacked the trout, and yeah. we caught some. We caught a couple redfish. But um, the ability to go out and catch, like, 20 stripers on topwater and crazy. then turn around and go catch, you know, like 20 or 30 trout on mirror lures or hard baits. I mean, yeah, and that's then, strong. And then, that's catch, good fishing. and then catch a largemouth bass and a chain pickerel yeah. and <laughs> go, you know, a little bit up river. You catch crappy. And yeah. Both that's awesome. And it's just weird. It is weird. I mean, I've caught bass and trout within two casts. 
That's cool. So, have you caught any big largemouth? I uh, not massive, not massive, but, but quality. But, yeah, largemouth. probably like yeah. a four pound largemouth. Nice. That's so, awesome. Not like a giant, but yeah, yeah there's Noose Rivers got. It's a cool fishery. It is a cool fishery. Once you figure it out, but I think a lot of people have a hard time. I mean, I'll say it. I'll be, I had a hard time when I first moved there. I was yeah. Like, it was just a whole different, it's a different fishery. Yeah. I think every time as an angler, you learn a new, very different fishery from what you're used to a new yeah. fishery like that. I mean, it just, it leaps and bounds, it extends your knowledge and, and uh, like your ability to go into a new fishery and learn it quicker. Yeah. So like to going to these places, like, I mean, from Wilmington, people should, I, I know some guys. I mean, it's easy to make a day trip to Newburn to go fish. No doubt. I mean, it's what's the drive time down here? It, it took me from my house like hour forty five. Hour forty five, yeah. So it's yeah. it's there's really nothing to it. I mean, morning yeah. morning drive up here, yeah. fish for three quarter day, and yeah. drive back, and I you're bet. at home before dinner. So yeah, um, and I've done it for you guys too. I've, you know, I've come down and I like go you know down south towards Southport. And yeah, yeah. Used to do a lot of uh, you know flood tide fishing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, so. It's a uh, it's, it's a quick little drive. I think that a lot of people here in Wilmington, I, I hope that they will take advantage of some of these coastal rivers that are north of us because sure. there's some really cool fishing, very different fishing uh, from the New River all the way up to you know um, Bay, Bay River, Pamlico, yeah, Pamlico River, yeah. Roanoke. I mean Roanoke, that's a drive, but yeah. I've actually done that for a day trip before to the mouth of the Roanoke from <laughs> Wilmington. Yeah, even up to the Outer Banks, man. Yeah. The Outer Banks has a unique fishery too. Definitely. That's what I mean. I like. I, that's like what I was saying earlier. I, there's not one fisher where I'm like, that's the one. I like, I mean, as the seasons change, I'm changing with, I'm changing right. with it. <laughs> right. Me too. I want to get up there and fish with, with, uh, with um, who am I talking about? Uh, never mind. I'm gonna <laughs> completely just lost, lost track of what yeah. I was talking about. We'll think of it. I later. don't want to uh, embarrass myself here. Um, well, cool. It, so we've talked about um, the tournament. We've talked about conservation. We've talked about, about, your story. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we want to hit on. We're already at 41 minutes, which right. is crazy how quickly, it, oh, especially man, when you're lost. talking with a buddy, it just oh, yeah. flows really quickly. Time flies. Um, me and Cameron used to be good at flying through it. Now we just can't even make conversations. <laughs> yeah, nice to have a new face. Yeah, a new, a new face. It's like, what What can we say about topwater fishing today? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, sure. Well, cool. What, what's Tell me about what was your last trip out on the water? You just got a new boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's crazy. I, I can talk about boats for a little bit too if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> tell um, me about your new rig. Yeah, so I mean, um, I started off, man, growing up on Chesapeake Bay, I, I didn't have like anything, like, didn't have a lot of money. So basically, whatever I could get, I, that's what I was using. So yeah. I, I grew up on like this little, it was like a boat that I bought from a, a, a Native American on, uh, on the it was actually in West Point on the Maps Not River. It's this old like bully boat, kind of like a dead rise, like that classic Chesapeake yeah, Bay yeah. dead rise. And man, that boat took me in places I should have never taken it to. It was only sixteen feet and had an old two stroke that like it wouldn't start sometimes. I'd have to take the the cowling off and tap on the starter to go. You know, and I mean, and I, I <laughs> out in the Chesapeake Bay, out in the Chesapeake Bay, and there was I I've, I've got a crazy story. I was out there with a. Um, with a buddy one time we were going duck hunting in this marsh like like from my house it was it was too should have never been going right. out there but we did and uh we get out there and uh had a good morning duck hunting but i my boat my tilt and trim was broke on the on the boat so uh-huh. i like anchored the boat a little bit uh kind of shallower and anyways the motor got caught in the sand and the waves were so bad that while i was in the marsh hunting that morning i didn't couldn't see the boat come back out and the boat is sunk 
Underwater. Oh, the only thing you can see is the steering wheel. Oh my god. <laughs> so total the motor? Uh no. So the- so we I literally had an extra gas can in the boat and I cut the gas can in half. And this is in January, freezing cold. And uh Go cut- shoot some ducks first off. Yeah, okay. yeah, we shot a couple of ducks. It wasn't a record morning. Right. But, so it, it was all worth it in the end, I guess. But had to cut the gas can in half to use to bail out the boat. So my buddy's like holding the bow up so no the waves wouldn't come in the boat. I'm back there with a gas can just trying to get the water out. The <laughs> oh boat. my goodness. Got it started, didn't have a lot of gas, straight shot home. So anyways. That's awesome. But uh but yeah, I I don't even know how I got on that, but Everyone's gonna have, no. Everyone's gonna have stories. <laughs> if you spend the amount of time on the water, like like Matthew has, or like I have, it you have some stories that that are sometimes you want to yeah, share, sometimes I mean, you don't yeah. want to share them. Yeah, people are probably gonna make fun of me for that one, but you know, I'll do you one better. I've actually dumped a flat skiff out Ooh. on the concrete on a boat on a boat <laughs> ramp before. So you, if you want to make fun of, of of him for that, make fun of me for dumping. It was a, it was a cheaper. It was like a, a seven thousand dollar like little Oof. simple flat skiff, but. Uh, it wasn't my Maverick. I've actually gotten pretty close to dumping my Maverick out on the concrete Eesh. before. That's what my I buddy had a brand new 18V in Louisiana. Oh, and have you been to Hopedale? Not yet. I want to go. So I want to go. The road that you drive into Hopedale is the road here, and the ramp literally just comes off the side of the road, like the main road. Yeah. And so he loaded his boat up. I hope he never listens to this podcast. <laughs> and and pulls up. Or he talks to someone. This is the same thing that happened to me. Like someone comes up, you start talking over the trailer tongue for a little while. You'd already right. pulled the boat you're up. You're not paying attention. And then you're like, all right, let's go. And you go hop in the truck, and you never even winched it or anything. So he did that, and just laid his boat in the middle of the main road, like completely across it. And they had to drag it back into the water to get it back on the trailer. God, so man. it was like a brand new uh, East Cape Vantage. Too. That hurt. It was, it was no, no, no. It was 18 Maverick 18V. That's what it was. That hurt. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was a painful one. There's there's some great stories there. Did you see that uh, that qualified captain? That's one of this last thing I'm gonna bring up with the dog. No, I don't know <laughs> if I've seen that one. <laughs> if you're listening, go look at qualified captain right now and uh, and and check out the one with the dog on the bow of the boat. And that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> so, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess for boats. So I uh, we just got on a crazy tangent right there. Yeah, Sorry. we did for sure. But um. <laughs> No, I had a, I had an eighteen foot privateer that I yeah. fished for a long time. Love that boat. Did you sell that boat? Sold it. Gotcha. Um, so I, I just sold it and um, found a, a killer deal on a twenty foot Sea Ox with a Kobe mm-hmm. tower on top. Um, so that's that's the new sled. And then I grew up with a little thirteen um, foot Ganu that I used to kind of get around some marshes in the bay and, and stuff like that. But it was flipped over in my dad's backyard for years while I was off at college and you know wherever yeah um so i got back home got that brought it back down here and i've gutted it out i've been enjoying watching the, yeah. the process yeah gutted it out and put um a, a casting platform on the bow fiberglass it in same with the stern and got a little grab bar for the middle and uh put rod you know fly rod holders in there so that's gonna be my i'll have the tower boat and then the that's perfect the mini skiff that's awesome. the mini skiff so I, i'm trying to you know cover my bases. yeah definitely <laughs> I always say every man needs about five boats. That's it. To do there's a boat for everything. They want to do it. There really is. And there's no boat. There's no single boat for everything. No. But uh, man, that's cool. That I, I like that. The Sea Ox, right? Sea Ox. Does it have wood? Is it a wood floor? Do they redo the floors? Yeah. So it was. It was. It's actually in 1979. Okay. And they rebuilt it in 2014. Um, you know, did the custom tower, um, redid the floors. They put a, a giant fish box in the like. And the forward portion of the Heck boat, yeah. yeah. So where you, did you find this boat? Where was it? It at? was actually in Greenville. 
Really? Um, but yeah, and you know the story with the Seahawks is so uh, Seahawks was around for a long time, then something happened. I'm not sure what, and then um, a guy named his last name is Pear, so yep. Pear Marine. He came and bought the mold and started producing the boats, and he actually got sued by Sea Fox. I hope I'm yeah. I hope I'm saying this all right. Yeah, this is what I've heard as well. Um, but yeah, so he got sued by Sea Fox. Um, so he had to change his name to Pear. But they're great boats, and the new boats that they're making are. I mean, they're high-end, awesome boats, $80,000 boats. Um, but, yeah, I picked mine up for way less than that. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's a little bit older. Yeah. So. Yeah, those boats are sweet, man. I, I would like to uh, <laughs> I'd like to get one of those pair Marines or one of those new, new Sea Oxes. I mean, it's the same boat. Yeah. They're really, all those holes are so similar. The Parker, the Sea Ox, sure. the Seahawk, the, the Maycraft, the Jones yeah. Brothers. Yeah, um, very little privateer, very little difference. I think the priestest lines are the privateers. Though. I do too. I'm, Just those I'm, low gunnels in the back make me nervous offshore, but yeah, they're they're, they're sweet boats. I'm mad at myself for selling it. <laughs> oh, I wish I could. I wish I could have held on to that one. But one one day when I you know a little older, I'll buy one and restore it. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> I would like to do the same thing. But well, cool, man. Well, I think that's all we're we're gonna touch on today. We'll definitely yeah. have to do some more some more stuff together and and be on the lookout on. Um, what's your Instagram? Because I don't have it on here. Yeah. Um, so um, it's just CCANC. Okay, cool. Um, so look look that up. You can follow us for, you know, the two weeks that this tournament's open. We'll be posting stuff every day. And like I was saying earlier, you know, we'll have prizes come out maybe every other day. So definitely stay in the loop. Stay up to date so you don't miss out on winning those prizes. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and if you want to get involved, um, we're trying to build a chapter here in, in Wilmington. We've got a, a good group of guys, um, and we're always looking for more. So if you're, you know, if you're old, young, doesn't doesn't matter, uh, you know, female, it do, doesn't matter. We'd love to love to have you. Um, you know, if, if fishing's something you're passionate in and um, you want to make a difference for the resource, um, look, you know, look us up online, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, drop a line to Judd; he, he can get you in the right direction. So. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, keep a keep a lookout on on my Instagram as well for other you know updates on for doing going to do another if they're going to do another tournament or, or anything like that. So, um, and I'll, I'll I'll keep you all updated as well as I am updated on on what's going on with CCA. So, thanks again, man, for coming on, and thanks we're gonna have to me. we're gonna have to fish together sometime. Yeah, we've, we've fished near each other, yeah. around <laughs> each other, but we've never fished together on the so, same boat. Yeah, on the yeah. same boat, we'll make it happen. We'll have to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Well, guys, thanks for checking it out, and uh, stay tuned. Don't stay tuned. Just check us out next time. Later. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs>